Zan, I have never given a disclaimer before. I have no tongue for it. No one, not even you will remember if this was a good podcast or bad. Why this episode contained bad words. Or why James L. Jones were a perm. No, all that matters is that a camel was punched and that who stood against many. That's what's important. Throwing witches into fires pleases you, Zan. So grant me one request. Grant me what is best in life. To crush my enemies. To see them driven before you. And to hear the lamentations of the women's. And if you do not listen and acknowledge that listener discretion is advised, then to hell with you. Episode 8. This better not be half. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sparkin' Movie Review. I'm your host, Zan. And this is co-host, Deke. How you guys doing today? Pretty good, I'm hoping. Pretty good. It's always good to feel good. It's always good to feel good, and usually I do a huge disclaimer, which we explain what the Sparkin' Movie Review is about, but, well, we're trying to break away from that a little bit, because you guys have been listening to our sister podcast, the Sparkin' Mong Review, long enough, I think. But you can check us out at www.sparkin.com for right now, or you can email us at sparkin.gmail.com, zan at sparkin.com, or deke.sparkin at gmail.com if you want to send Deke any lovely and wonderful email, or death threats, or even if you want to just hear more of his interesting... Well, Arnold speak. I will put my Arnold speak to anyone that wants anything. If you want an answering machine message, just leave me. Send me an email. I will read it. I, I know how to read. I also like uh, death threats and nudie pics, too, for all of you wondering. Over age. Over the age of consent in your country. Uh, specifically in this country. <laughs> not in your country. I don't care about your country. I just care about the country I live in. Exactly. We don't want anyone from Nor- Norwegia. Or Hiberia, or <laughs> Samaria. <laughs> we don't need no underage Samarian picks here. That's, that's, exactly. that's out of the question. You can also leave us a voicemail at 206-350-8462. That again is 206-350-8462. And if you have a Twitter account, you can follow us for any rants, interesting things, or when episodes come out at the Twitter account Sparkin. And finally, if you have an Xbox Live account and you want to get your ass kicked in Super Street Fighter 4, or if you want me to club you to death with a wrench in Bioshock 2, play against me at Zan Space Sparkin. I will take all challengers, unless it's Uno, then you're on your fucking own, because you will kick my ass. I suck at it. Take no prisoners in Bioshock 2. 
Ah, such a good game. Such I gotta stop talking like Arnold. I, I don't think I will, though. I don't think it's possible. Ah, now we're, reveal, we're reviewing a movie such as oh, what we're doing. I know, I know, I know. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta take a minute. We just relax. Just we'll calm right. down. Yes. <sighs> so. Prayer to Kron. I'll be good. Yep. So, into other things. What's new with you? Anything interesting? Anything good? Work's been the same? Or? Work's been the same. Um, I don't know if I told you this yet. I quit smoking cigarettes. Ah, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. This is the hardest thing I've ever done, but it is it's over and I'm in the clear. It's great. That's always good, because cigarettes will kill you. Yes, yes. Other things are... They, they also make you look cool, and they relieve a lot of stress, apparently. Because <laughs> well, I'm stressed the fuck out. <laughs> after you see that one kid do it, I was like, yeah, there's no way I'm ever going to smoke a cigarette after that. So that two-year-old... Oh, I didn't see that. I heard about it, though. He looks re he looks really cool. He's like, he's the coolest two-year-old, but still, it's like, why are you going to freaking smoke? Oh, my God, that's ridiculous. Actually, there was a music festival that I went to over the, a little, about a week ago. Well, when this episode comes out, it will have happened months ago, yeah, it's but... it'll be a while, but it's the Mountain Jam Music Festival. Somewhere in New York. Somewhere in New York. Anyway, we, we were camped. You camp and see music, and it's three days, and you you're become a hippie, basically. So, like, I haven't shaved yet. I'm still kind of in the mode of, like, partying all... Like, I don't care if I'm drinking a beer at, like, 10 o'clock in the morning in public, you know? So, <laughs> so anyway, you camp, and there's we had these neighbors. They were, like, the most horrible hippies I've ever seen in the world. They were cool, but mm -hmm. they were still, like... Like, I woke up in the morning, and our campsite was right next to theirs. They're under our tents, like, doing whatever drugs and, like, you know, fucking whatever, you know, like, they own the place. I'm like, yo, guys, what are you doing? Get out of here, you know? So we had to chase them up. But anyway, there was a kid, probably about 11, 12 years old, smoking weed with all these kids, like, all these other kids, which were, like, 20-something, you know? It was, it was pretty horrible. Like, I felt really bad. He was doing it with his dad, by the way, <laughs> which was even worse. Did he have a 40 in his hand? <laughs> no, he wasn't tricking, but, you know, he, he was... He was hitting the black lotus, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's fucked up, man. I mean, <laughs> well, with the way kids are being raised nowadays, we sound old. I know we sound very old. That's because we are. I'm not old. I'm young. Yeah. Oh, my back. Well, not according to our profile page. <laughs> <laughs> We're old enough that most of our listeners, they we would we could be considered their parent. <laughs> oh, boy. At least we're not that guy, the Gooberzilla's age. I still cannot believe I just found out. He's 48. Who? That's the guy that. who does Greatest Movies Ever podcast. The Gooberzilla. Oh, really? 48, man. He does a freaking movie podcast. Hey, you know, some 40-year-olds know how to use computers. No, well, he also has his mom as his co-host. Which is kind of awesome. 40-year-olds still at home? <laughs> hey, it's, 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 hey, it's no problem. And then found that his other co-host was his sister. I was like, what the fuck? Whatever. But then immediately, when I heard that, I was like, immediately, people under the stairs thing flashed in, <laughs> superimposing Pa with Goob and then his sister with the, the system. I was like, oh god. And a little black kid running around in, in the walls, right? Like, I'm gonna kill you! Oh, that was being rained since. Oh, we're gonna do that movie eventually. That was a. Uh, yeah, Corrado says he wants to do that movie well when he's not talking about going crazy. Yeah, how's Corrado doing? Mm. I was gonna text him tonight and see I, if you want to hang out. I tried. Him. He's really. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't pick up. He's still floating around. Mm. Okay, so do we have any emails about the movie review? No. Nobody emailed. The only email we got so far was someone who said that it was pretty cool and thought we should review Juno. 
yeah, here, let me save the review. We'll do it right now. No, 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 I got some female listeners who want to see it. We'll get to it eventually when it is rolled on the Dodecahedron of Movies, which it's not for the next 30. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. You're not the only. You're not the only. You're not the only person who wants to tear it apart. There's a bunch of people who want to tear it apart, but there's a bunch of people who like it. I have to appease all the listeners. Oh, God. You know we have to, because otherwise they will leave, and they'll go to people like Goob, or even moviecritic.org. All right, listen, fans, we love you. We, I, I love each and every one of you. Even you, the big the, the thing in the corner on the laptop. I love you, too. You're cool. It's okay. It, you know, the... Th- there's medicine that'll fix that condition, okay? It's alright, I love you, though. And also, soap is something which you may need. <laughs> it's kind of important. Well, it's, I mean, paint remover at this point in life. <laughs> soap and water. But, <clears throat> so should we get directly into the review of this wonderful movie, or should we take some more time and do something interesting and kind of fun for you guys? Yeah, let's do something fun for the fans. I think uh, we need some more, we need to draw up some more uh, interest in podcasts here. Okay, so there's a lot of people who do different things on their website. For example, one of my rivals, because I do a manga podcast, Spark and Manga Review, which is released every Wednesday, one of the rivals, Manga Pulse, which is a subsidiary of the Anime Pulse and Pulse Incorporated, they do this thing called Craigslist. They actually will go through a Craigslist ad and read it, and we're not going to crib off that, because it's kind of boring and passe. Yes, I hate, I literally hate being on it's funny, but it's cool. The personal ads are pretty cool. That's but, what they do. They read okay. the personal ads. So we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to go into a different website, and we're going to actually just kind of read some of these things, and, well, we'll see how funny or fucked up they are. Okay. Now, what is we this? are at... Texts from last night. A very interesting website. If you've never been to this site, what happens is that people send text messages that they've sent to texts from last night, and it's posted. Okay. And there are usually things that you texted when you were drunk, high, or other. So, let's read some of these, and we'll see what we get get from. Now, if you would do the first one. She's the perfect woman. She cooks, gives good head, and doesn't care that I have a small penis. This is from Area Code 503. And, listen, just so you guys know, that was taken out of context. That is not a text from my phone. We are on textfromlastnight.com unless you just tuned in. Okay, anyway, go on. Okay, so, from Area Code 303, eventually evolution will just give us a better liver anyway, so our great-great-grandchildren should thank us for our binge drinking. <laughs> I just saw her punch a kid in the face. I always knew she was a girl for me. That's in the 908 area code. Okay. Okay, from 614, you convinced the bartender to uncut you off by letting him touch your boobs whenever you ordered a drink? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't... <laughs> That's brilliant. Okay, so let's see now. We'll do four more, just for interesting. So next one is, when blackout puking doesn't involve crying or promises to never get drunk again to just a subtle excuse me while I go vomit at the bathroom of this bar, you know you've finally grown up. From 607. <laughs> From 514. You just fin- you finished all five burgers, started crying tears of joy, and then claimed the tears were actually just meat sweats from your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, from 214, I'm full of awesome ideas. 972, yes, you are. I'm full of confusion. I keep finding peanut butter on my legs. 630, hmm, I hear gunshots, car horns blaring, hear drunk white people screaming, and see about 50 status updates pertaining to the Hawks. I guess they won. (laughs) Next one, 507, Jenna and Ryan are ranting and raving about child custody. My vasectomy smiles. (laughs) If you don't understand that one, wait a couple years. Yeah. Mastectomies are the greatest thing in the world. Well, I don't yeah. agree because I want, I want, well, 
Okay, 2-1-0. She's using a fork to eat popcorn and refuses to drink Gatorade out of anything but a margarita glass. Did I mention the popcorn is on a plate? 2-1-0? <laughs> <laughs> Where, uh, Just found out my mom tried to sue the birth control company when she got pregnant with me. Love you too, mom. It's from 7173. 716 area code. She actually told me to ignore that. <laughs> She actually told me to ignore the cokeheads in the corner with knives. <laughs> okay. Last <laughs> night must have been awesome. My dog still smells like vomit. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, oh no. god. 707. I you know it's bad when convincing your mom you're masturbating is the better alternative. <laughs> oh my god. I love this website so much. Alright. Okay. 407. She's a baton twirler. I expected her to be better with her hands. <laughs> 253. Drunk lesbians having an argument about their relationship isn't as hot as I imagined. <laughs> oh, let's see. Alright, those are some of the best night texts. Let's see some of the worst night texts and let's see how bad we're talking about here. Alright, so this is from the worst night of all time text. Alright, okay. So I went on a date with this girl. And who's our waitress? My girlfriend got a second job. She didn't tell me about to afford my B Day present. Nice, buddy. Dude, you were done. That's from the 314 area code. Oh, oh, <laughs> Can I crash on your couch? I just came home and find my wife giving two guys blowjobs. Two? Two. <laughs> That's horrible. Alright. Dude, we were spooning naked in bed with her ass in my crotch. She shattered in her sleep all over my dick. From 617. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, stop dating girls with the same name as your mother. Stop drinking so much. I don't want to see this. <laughs> Two one two. That's in the city. No, that's Jersey, actually. Yeah, nine one six is up here. So holy shit. All right, all right. Five seven one. So I went home with some chick last night. I'm not sure what's worse: not getting a nut at five a.m., the condom breaking and not being replaced, feeling poo when I put my finger in her, but sleeping on a mattress <laughs> in her living room or swine from coffee pit at seven a.m. or realizing she peed the mat at ten a.m. Actually, it's probably the fact that she continues told me she was the classiest girl at Boulder. Oh, <laughs> nice. Oh. Oh, damn. <laughs> I just walked in on my mom and dad. It wasn't my dad. Nice. <laughs> okay. 863. I was the only open register tonight and I just sold condoms and chocolate frosting to the ex. Nice. That's horrible. <laughs> I just caught grandpa beating off in the living room. Okay, alright. Uh, oh god, okay. And then I told her I was too drunk. She started to cry and told me this always happened to her and that she thinks she's ugly. I pretend I was the bitch. <laughs> and then she farted. Well, that's fucking awkward. Here are some pretty bad ones here. Oh, damn. Oh, babe, the four years we've been together have been amazing. Will you marry me? Are you seriously dealing with this over text message? Ha 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 ha, no, but I am dumping you. <laughs> Sucks for her. Alright. 323. I walked in on him cutting a hole in the condom. <laughs> That's horrible. Why did you do that? Dude, if you're gonna just cut the hole, just freaking. Yeah, what, go what is back. it? It's not even a condom anymore, it's like a seed. <laughs> oh, you wanna read 802 or should I? Yeah, I'll read it. I had a wet dream about my mom last night. Where's King beginning the sky path scarred I am? What the fuck? Where the fuck is Rob at? He hasn't answered his phone in like two weeks. Dude, Rob died two weeks ago. What the fuck? Holy shit, are you serious? <laughs> Just kidding, but I'm pretty sure you're going your girlfriend doesn't want to talk to you. <laughs> 305. I'll never ask another girl to get on top again. That girl from the bar last night got on top and shat diarrhea all over my ball sack while she was coming. Oh, <laughs> oh man. God. Alright, 202. 
I was about to go down on her, and her dong flipped out and hit me in the chin. <laughs> this, may a, this may have a Nam-like post-traumatic stress disorder effect on me. God. And I just... You, at first you're like, wait, wait. Oh, they, oh God. Oh, oh God. <laughs> that was 602. Don't really want to talk about it. You were right. She had a whole jar of toenail clippings on her nightstand that she chews on. Quote, when her fingernails are too short. Direct quote. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> God. That's horrible. Oh. Okay. We need to get off No, this. let's do one more. One more. One more. Know. This one sounds brilliant, and also 843 is kind of close to our area code. But 843. Got arrested for breaking and entering last night when I suppose he went into the wrong house, made a sandwich, <laughs> and tried drinking from the board on the TV. The cops told me they came in. <laughs> the cops told me they came in while my dick was out. <laughs> oh, and I missed work this morning and got fired. <laughs> Holy shit. That's a. Oh, you gotta love this website. That so, was this may. You think this should be, say a main segment in this? Uh, yeah. Or specifically be. for when you come on. Let's, I don't know, man. Let's just do random shit like this. Fucking no, this is brilliant. Funny. That, that was, was pretty good. funny. If you have any interesting ones, send it to us. Yes, at gmail.com. Anything you would like us to read or check out and interact with you guys, by all means, share it. Definitely. And like I said, this one was hysterical, and I just think we, ha we have to come back to this. This is gold right here. Okay, so but we should get into the what we're reviewing this week. Now... If you remember from the last episode of the Sparkin' Movie Review, when I reviewed Valentine's Day with Beltran, I rolled the dodecahedron of movies, and I dictated that we were reviewing a kind of cool movie. A movie that was, well, directed by John Milius. And, and uh, produced by Dino De Laurentiis. A very famous guy who did a lot of movies, including the Flash Gordon series and a bunch of, and a bunch of spaghetti westerns. Yes, he made a lot of money doing stuff like did that. Did he do Good, the Bad, and the Ugly? It's very possible. I'm not 100% sure on that. We're going to look at Wiki while we do this, and I'm going to keep this in, I think, because it's interesting and different. Okay, so he did... Oh, he did The Godfather. Oh, that's right, yeah. That's and Halloween right. 2, and the 1976 King Kong, and Amityville, and the original Dune, and Maximum Overdrive, and... Cat's Eye. Good and Red Sonja. Blue Velvet. And the yeah. sequel to this movie. Evil Dead 2. Yep, and Cuffs. And Army of Darkness, and Rumpelstiltskin, and Assassins, and Unforgettable, and Five, Hannibal, seven, and... One, the, he has a very storied and interesting career, he's, I'm assuming. He's been around, he's invested his money in some very good films. He's, he's a good guy. He's a hero, actually. Okay, it's... Well, this also was based on stories that were originally written by Robert E. Howard, and the screenplay, which a lot of people have issues with, was written by John Milius, but originally was directed by... Uh, Oliver Stone. And, but he's credited for it, yet it was his original script that got kind of thrown out because he wrote his original story. They said, oh, we're just using John Milius's, but it's kind of weird, but it's probably because he's fucking Oliver Stone. Yeah, but back then he was nobody. Like, he didn't, like, uh, that was, that was, what was his first movie? Uh, the Vietnam movie, was that the first Apocalypse one? Apocalypse Now? No, 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 he didn't direct that. Marty Scorsese did. Um, Oliver Stone did the one with uh, Tom Berenger and Charlie Sheen. Platoon, that's it. I think that came out in, like, 87. Yeah, that was his first big movie. Well, his first one was Salvador, but still, he's... Oh, Platoon was 86, so that's pretty close. Yeah, pretty close, especially with this movie, which came out, well, say a couple of years before that, or... This was 85, wasn't it? Yeah, it came before it, so we're there. And it's a pretty famous movie, because it had a lot of famous actors in it, which you wouldn't expect, including... Arnold 
Yes, Arnold Schwarzenegger with his big rippling muscles, but also James Earl Jones with oh, an yeah. awesome perm. Yes. And, and freaking uh, Sven Wally Thorson, who you may know from Mallrats as LaFour's the yep. most feared uh, mall cop in history. And someone who has worked with Dino De Laurento in several movies, Max von Sydow. Yes. And if you've ever seen the show Samurai Jack, the voice of Aku, Mako himself. And this, oh, yeah, that's right. And this movie that we're reviewing, this excellent movie, which if you haven't guessed... We love... Like our own child. We love pretty much like our unborn children. Yes, this movie which came out in May 82. Oh, it was 82 that that came out. 82. This movie's older than I am. And the best thing was, originally came, it was made for 20 million and made 68 million. That is three times, more than three times what it was made for. Really? It really came out in 82? I honestly can't believe it. If it was on your birth, isn't, don't we know someone who was born on that day? May 14th? Corrado? No, that's August 29th, I believe. Or 24th. Well, the mysterious and wondrous is May 27th. Okay. Still, that's a lot of money. 20 million for 82. That's, that's a lot of money. Yeah, and the music by, well, Basil Polandoros, which is, if you hear in the background this entire episode we've been playing the music, you'll hear it throughout the entire thing. The music's great. Love it. A lot of people don't. They say it's it's reminiscent of all of his other stuff and it's just played out and it is he, the music sounds the same but it's still awesome I'm not a, f- a fan of Basil Polidorus but I'm a fan of the music in Conan the Barbarian yes and for those of you who don't know Conan was based on a series of books by like we said Ronald E. Howard a guy who well is a pretty interesting writer wrote a bunch of sci-fi stuff and then he blew his head off well I think it was uh, he blew his head off oh he took a bunch of pills and slipped into a coma nice fucking shame way to die yeah but he killed himself and, well, because his life was going under. But he wrote a bunch of interesting stories and he followed a lot of Lovecraftian stuff. And we can really get into him, but this isn't the manga podcast. This is the movie. So he wrote about this, these different characters. Like one character was this gunslinger girl who was known as Red Sonia. And then he created this flagship character, a big, muscly barbarian from the Hymerian Ages, Conan. And this movie is kind of based on Conan a little bit because it's they took... They took the character and the, the, the mythology to it, and like they fucked around with it. You know, it's a fucking, it's a war-torn world. You know, there's battles and and magic still, and you know, just crazy stuff. Going no, on. it's pretty cool because it's in like the, it's not even Middle Ages. This is like the far, far distant. Yeah, this is like far back on chronosphere. Yeah, we'd have to go way back in time to find this time, but it's like an alternate dimension almost. Nah, when well, it's. In the past, in a, and they say when Atlantis sank, and so this is before Atlantis sank, so this uh, okay. is in the beginning of time almost. But they have swords, and they have magic, and they also have Black Lotus, <laughs> surprisingly. <laughs> I'm surprised more of those, uh, more Seth's followers didn't, uh, didn't have Black Lotus on them. Well, flowery and devoted to the earth. Well, we didn't know, so we could, let's start off with the beginning of this movie. This movie opens up with, well, one of the coolest and most interesting voiceover as possible by Mako, who has a great and awesome voice. He talks like this, as you well know. Between the time when the oceans drank Atlantis and the rise of the sons of Arius, there was an age undreamed of. And on to this, Conan, destined to bear the jeweled crown of Aquilonia upon a troubled brow. It is I, his chronicler, who alone can tell thee of his saga. 
Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. Besides this narration, Akiro narrates two other times. At the end of the film, and then when he first meets Conan. It's almost a... Not a bookend, but like a... I don't know. It's just it's, it's very seldom I've ever seen that a narrator of a, like in a movie is actually introduces himself in the movie, like his coming in the movie. I mean, it's a little bit further down the road, obviously, but you know the narrator is a main character in the film that comes later in the film, which is very cool. Yeah, so it feels like it, it's like he's actually reading a book to the audience, and that's that pretty cool because well. he says he's the the chronicler of. This King Conan's time. Yeah, there's no accident or no no mere chance that he yep. became this. And the movie starts off in a happy little village in Samaria. Yes, Samaria, where the where the snow it's way to the north of Hyboria. It's uh, you know it's like a, like a fishing kind of mining town city. Yes, and so because some people like saying, oh, he was a barbarian from life. No, 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 he was the son of a blacksmith, and he loved his father. And his father goes on about how he should be a good <coughs> Sumerian, and they worship Krom. Yes, they, they go over the riddle of steel and what it means to live by the sword. And the whole thing is a story that Krom, who is their god, this being who, well, we learn if you read on Wiki, that Krom is a guy that, well, he's a god who a lot of people pray to, but you're not supposed to really pray to him. He just kind of brings doom and destruction. <laughs> Yes, it's not really a good thing to worship Krom. Krom's like a guy to have on your side if you want to, if you want to bring the doom and destruction. But uh, for the most part, he's not going to grant your prayers. Yeah, and they mix a lot of other mythology, like saying like he's going to when they die, they're going to go into Valhalla, which is a Norse thing, which happens way after this. But so he says, look, the riddle of steel is what is the thing of steel? It's a riddle that the gods lost, but man knows, and if you can find it and you tell Krom it, then you'll get into Valhalla. Yes. Or this and that. And you'll sit next to him on the mountain. And play Parcheesi or something. <laughs> yeah. We don't know. I don't think Crown will play Parcheesi. Or he just throws you in a, in a fucking gladiator pit like uh, like he did Conan. Well, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So, what happens is from there, as they're sitting, chilling out in this happy village, well, a bunch of people come. The Veneer, who are this big snake cult, who are, well, led by Thulsa Doom. Thulsa Doom. Played by James Earl Jones with his long, flowing, perm-like hair. Like, literally, this... It, it, like, Rick James would be spinning in his grave if he, if he could have hair like that. Fucking... Do you know how much sheen that James Earl Jones must have gone through to achieve that that straightness? I tell you, what, I think it was real. I think I don't think it was a wig. <laughs> I think that really was his hair. He just let it grow. He just had flat irons, like, at night, like, when when makeup was over, the shit would poof off into a huge afro. Yep. And so, Thulsa Doom and his bunch of goons, including this guy named Rexor, played by a football player who did nothing else after this. Yeah, and then, then Thorgrim, who we said, played by Sven Ol Thorson. Yep. Those are his two generals, and they're just, they pretty much, for no reason whatsoever, they're just rolling through town. And all of a sudden you see a freaking a berserker-type dude with a crazy mustache and crazy red... And tattoos. Tattoos as clothes. Uh, they pretty much just roll up on the Sumerian town and proceed to fucking raise it to the ground. Yep, and Conan's father surprisingly takes out eight of them. Everyone else... Ooh, I'm gonna go run and get stabbed in the back! And meanwhile, Conan's dad tries his best, but... 
Unfortunately, no! Thorgrim with his massive fucking hammer knocks him to the ground. And then another dude comes by and stabs an axe in his fucking spine. And then, to add insult to injury, while his family watches, two giant fucking Rottweilers are sicked on, on him and tear him to shreds. Yes, while well his... I think they were wearing hats, too. The dogs were wearing hats. They were wearing armor. <laughs> and the thing was, his father, throughout the entire beginning, the opening sequence, he was building this really cool sword. Yeah. And he used his sword to defend his village. And when it went flying, Rexor decides, Ooh, shiny! Uh, this is a good-looking sword. It's sparkling. Uh, yes, him with his perm and mullet of justice. Well, not justice. <laughs> mullet of injustice. He goes and he grabs the sword, takes it for himself. Well, no, he gives it to Tulsa Doom. Well, Tulsa Doom checks it out, and then... You know, whatever. And then he proceeds they to... This, yeah, they rob the thing. Conan is... A child Conan is standing there with, holding his mother's hand. And then Thulsa Doom kind of just, like, gazes at his mother. And this is where we learn that Thulsa Doom has a power of hypnosis. Yeah, he and, hypnotizes yes. the mother. And she's like... And she's in a daze and lollygag. And then he just proceeds pretty much to fucking decapitate her ass while still holding Conan's hand. He, he, okay, so, okay, ten-year-old Conan, he was living peacefully, he was fishing as this, as this fucking band of raiders came into town. He just saw his father ripped apart by wild dogs, and he saw his mother's head fall into that his That was lap. a very cool scene, though. Yeah, Cinematically, it was, it was, was well awesome. done. Incredible. So what happens is that the head falls on the ground, and, well... Like the rest of the children in the village, he's taken into slavery. And taken to a huge grinding mill which he walks around for 15 or 20 years. Now that's an adolescence, man. <laughs> that's pretty much like my childhood. Um, pretty much exactly word for word my whole childhood. Huh. Chained to the mill, walking in a circle, <laughs> walking in a circle, watching his kids mysteriously disappear and you get bigger and bigger. <laughs> yes, it, you know, I mean look at these muscles, man. They're, they're huge. Yeah, because where the hell did those kids go? I mean, seriously, they just like disappeared. <laughs> Did they, they just absorb like an amoeba <laughs> this one? I think they, they just made like orphan soup and fed it to them because seriously, I mean, what is there to eat out there? The grains that you're crushing? You're not going to get that big. There's not that much protein in those grains. Well, if you man. watch over the years, the area, when it first starts out, it's all plentiful and clean and then it just gets destroyed <laughs> over time. And when he's a full-grown adult, still tearing this mill, there's nothing. It's a wasteland around him. There's not even anything inside of the mill. He's just pushing it, just to push it. It probably powered like a little fan that the that the freaking slave ringleader just sat on his desk. <laughs> Conan, it's hot down here. Push faster. Maybe we don't know. So he gets sold from that point to this guy who looks well like Gimli from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, he's got that huge like hair bears afro into the beard kind of thing. Yeah, and he ends up becoming a gladiator. And this is when you're introduced to Arnold as gladiator. And, and a lot of, well, very homosexual, well, fights. With a lot of rubbing and grunting and him yeah, in different costumes. a lot of grunting and a lot of blood and a lot of, you know, mouth on other body parts. You know, teeth biting. And... Yes, yeah, and he kills a bunch of people, including one deleted scene where he decapitates a woman. Hey, bitch, I had a comment, man. 
Well, she's okay. trying to kill. Don't get in the fucking, don't get in the pit with Conan, that's all. You don't get your head chopped off. It was pretty cool seeing him fight all these people, and then as he's being learned, he becomes the greatest. According to the narrator, he gained worth from this. He was able to get an identity, because yeah. he wasn't just, I spin wheelies, I kill, and people give me things. Yeah, he was, he was getting, you know, he'd get better weapons and armor, and he was, he was making money, and he knew that he was, and that was the thing. And then, you know, eventually, they're like, hey... You know, this guy's fucking, he's making me a lot of money, you know, let's fucking put, let's put some of that back into him. So then they take him out east, and then he's training under the, the, the samurai masters, and, and it's just a whole bunch. They make yeah, him smart and intelligent. They, they let him read, he could read uh, Sun Tzu, and yep. you know, crazy stuff And like they that. throw him women like a prize stallion. <laughs> it's like, you know, you ever throw your dog a treat, or, you know, feed a... Feed a rabbit a carrot or something. That's pretty much what they did to Conan with uh, beautiful naked women. They you know, just opened up the cage and stood by and watched as he made his way with them. <laughs> that, that's, <laughs> probably, that's how it seemed to me. Well, that's probably the only thing they had back then. They didn't have Playboy or the internet. <laughs> they didn't have it's movie like... books. They just watched freaking freaking muscle-ripped Conan freaking tear into some little hot bitch. Yeah, I could see a guy taking, Here, son, watch this. No, don't look at him, look at her! <laughs> What's wrong, you boy? I didn't bring you out here to watch him. <laughs> yes, and, and he's even all cool and nice about it because she's thrown in, they take her clothes off, and she's naked. And he just takes the clothes and puts it back on her, like, hey, baby, I got style. This is my favorite basking rug. How do you like it? Does it feel good on your naked body? Now, yeah, I will. Come take, lay down in my bed, spread your legs. <laughs> no, wider, wider. <laughs> Yes, and he has his way with her. And then, yes. in one of the best scenes ever, they ask this guy what is best in life. Because they're trying to see how show how smart Conan is. And this guy's like, yes, it's a valiant horse and the wind in my hair and a falcon on my arms. It's a falcon on my breast. The guy's like, wrong! Wrong! Yes. So you can see he's become Conan. very knowledgeable. In what is best in life? Went Crush your enemies, slave, see them back. driven before you, and, then, and they hear a lamentation of the women. Some drunken reason, because he was drunk off his ass, he just <laughs> cuts off the saw, the the chains. Well, most of the chains, and then he just pretty much kicks Conan in the face and tells him to get the hell out of there. He's free. Like when you when you have a dog you really like, and you don't want to see him suffer anymore, you just kind of like get the fuck out of your dog. And the dog looks like. And Conan looked like he was like a kick puppy. He's like, uh -huh. like huh? uh freedom. <laughs> and they let him go, and he's and he's now running in the wilderness. And in the Conan family tradition, uh, the next scene, he's being chased by wild dogs, and he's got to get the fuck away from them. Yes, and so he's freedom's a bitch. <laughs> yes, and he's wearing now just his loin underwear, some boots, and no, not even boots, just the loin underwear, just like, manacles. Yeah, and that's it cloth shoes or something and chains he's still dragging his fucking he's, he's still attached yeah. to the thing yeah and he's running he's running and as they're coming after him he sees a bunch of rocks he jumps on top of the rocks which you think wait they're fucking wolves they can jump up there yeah no they don't and as he jumps on there suddenly he falls into a crypt the a tomb of an Atlantean king yes and then it's very cool it's lined with skulls it's all very ornate and in the king's hand well, his hand is resting on the hilt of a, a sword still, you know, driven into the ground. Conan sees this and, and grabs this it. And this sword is covered in... I think it was rust. I think it's grime. 
We don't know, but he takes his sword and holds it up and looks at how nasty and gross it is. And he proceeds to strike it against a rock, and suddenly underneath you see the gleaming steel underneath it. The, the, the debris breaks free from the steel, and it's shiny, and it re renews Conan's freaking bloodlust that's worth his back. Because it's his sword now. Yeah. He stole it from this dead king. And in the next scene, like, the, the skeletal king is pretty much his body kind of collapses inward and his head bows to Conan who now wields his sword as, as if he was like succeeding him you know and it's pretty cool because it looks like he actually was moving it didn't look like he just fell over it was like he actually looked like he slumped yeah, like, over yeah, it actually was supposed to like he meant to do it it was just totally cool and, and so then, and then yeah and then Conan exits the crypt and cuts and off his chains and he's wearing a new <laughs> wolf skin suit <laughs> he has a new three piece wolf skin suit He's even got a freaking tail cummerbund. It's yep. sweet. And then, uh, uh, what's the next scene? Oh, our other favorite scene in the movie. Yes, he want, He now has a sword, he has clothes, and he now thinks... The only thing he knows is he remembers the standard, the battle oh, standard. Yeah. He remembers the standard, which they had now. For those who don't know, a standard is that used to be back in the day before wars became all guerrilla-ish, which actually Americans started, if you think about it. What happened was, when two the two groups would end up on battlefield, you'd have two guys holding your standard. Your standard is essentially like your flag, your emblem, what represented you. Yes. And the standard which the guy was holding when the veneer invaded his village was these two snakes that were pointed towards each other and their tails were entwined. Yes. A little but, bit... Uh, under, uh, over a sun, above a moon. A little bit like, if you think about it, like the emblem from the NeverEnding Story. What the hell is it called? The uh, Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. The, uh, but they weren't eating each other. Yeah, yeah, they were just kind of staring at each other. But this was, this one's the staring at each other, and so he doesn't know it's the way he does. He goes and meets a witch to find out where he has to go, and it's a pretty hot witch. Actually, he just kind of, stung. he doesn't know she's a witch at the time. It's just some hot bitch in the doorway saying, hey, come in and get warm. What's the matter? Are you gay or something? You don't want to come in and warm your bones by my fire, baby? So then they get to talk, and he's talking about the standard, and she's like, she's like, you know, I, I kind of know what you need, but uh, there is a price to know this. And you find out the price in the next scene, which is basically Conan boning the shit out of his broad. Well, I think, I think that, I think, she, he didn't, she didn't say it, but I think she was kind of, he was like, yeah, okay, a price, uh, oh, that's what you mean, okay. Oh, you want the seven-inch price, eh? All right, just lay down there. I've been giving my price out all the time. You'll be number 600 on my list. Now, here's the question. You think he's shooting planks? Uh, I don't know. Because think about it, they didn't have a vasectomy back then, but he does not have any bastard kids running around. Unless you believe that you're a bastard kid of him. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. I, I'm sure he didn't care, especially you know, when the witch is like, "Okay, I'll tell you what you need, and you get to bone me." And uh, you know who loses here? <laughs> Not Conan. Well, he goes. He goes to town. She tells him what he needs to know, and after she's done telling him, <laughs> she's. It's funny though. She like orgasms, and it's like she's like telling him the information. She's like, "Oh yes, go down uh, uh, the road. Uh, go find the city." Uh. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. And he's like, "Okay," and then she turns into a witch. <laughs> she starts trying to like fucking. She's like clawing up his back. She's like, "Your teeth are all fucked." It was like an evil dead. She looked like a deadite, pretty much. Well, and they're moving back and forth in the back of your head. They're like, "Hey, she's kind of into that kind of kinky BDSM stuff." <laughs> yeah. Just a little bit. Do you like choking? 
<laughs> yes, and so he just rolls over, throws the witch right into the... Conveniently <laughs> plays fire right next to him. He literally throws her in. It. it was great. And then he stands up, picks up his clothes, which flies away, and... <laughs> which becomes a flame and flies away. And that would have been like, once you let have been like, you know what, I'm locking the door, stealing her stuff, and taking a nap. <laughs> yeah. It's like... I was thinking, ah, god damn it, I didn't even get to come, and now I have blue balls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, well, we, well, I think he did. Yeah. <laughs> I think he, I think he, he finished the job, then he threw her off. I think, I think he, I think he comes every time he throws a witch in a fire, actually. You know, that's like, that's like freaking. He's like, ah. <laughs> yeah, take that, you witch. <laughs> yeah, so, from there. Oh, so then, yeah, he he's walks just, outside. And so he's now decided to dedicate his life to this vengeance. And conveniently outside, there's a dude who's tied up, who's saying, Give me some food! And this this is Sabotai, a thief who's been chained up and he's left to die. Yeah, he's like wolf food, basically. That's how he introduced himself. this guy, surprisingly, when you look at him, you're like, he looks like he is Chinese or Japanese. Nah, he's a Mexican. <laughs> he's Gary he's Lopez. Gary Lopez, yeah, he's, he's totally looks Japanese, I had no idea. But he did have the, uh, the Cheech Marin fucking mustache. I yeah, and he's from Hyrcania, which, if you look in the official map of Hiberia, is across the ocean from where they were at, because they were in this... Their main thing is a city called Corinthia. So, something like that. Because they were south of Hoth, and, to, and Stygia, and Nemedia, and Aquilonia is where Conan becomes well. I should put up a map of Conan, but you guys should just look up yeah, Hyboria yeah, for yourselves. Yeah, you look it up yourselves. We can't do everything for you. Right? Yeah, but he's from a ways away, and he's there for no reason. So they've tied him up, and he's an archer, like he's most guys. Kick-ass thief. He's nimble. He's, he's small. Compared to Arnold, he's and, physically small. And they become friends. Yes, good friends. Yes, and they have a theological debate about whose god is better, and Conan pretty much says, well, he's like, I worship Krom. He's like, well... He, he do, but he does not listen. He won't listen. He won't do anything. Well, why do you pray to him then? Because when I die, I have to talk to him. <laughs> it's like, well, my God is nice and listens to what I say. It's like, my God is the four winds. He cools me off and warms me up. This is awesome. He's like, well, you, well my God, peace on your God. He's like, well, my God's bigger than your God because he's the whole sky. You live underneath him. Your God lives underneath him. He's like... And Conan didn't, he didn't say a goddamn thing. <laughs> it's like, it's like you can't fight with that logic. It's like, it's like he was fighting, fighting the fact that you know it's okay that his god doesn't listen to him, like flat out ignores him, like he doesn't exist. And you know, but as soon as, as soon as uh, you know, as soon as I pointed that out, he's just like, that's it. Yeah, it's pretty. What the fuck? They go to this city, which yep. is run by King Osric. Well, it's Orphea is the city. It's the first time Conan has ever seen civilization. Like, what is this? It's a city. Have you ever seen it? Let's not waste any time. <laughs> and they go in and they, well, they pretty much cause, they go on the town. It was like, Broadway, da da. Well, I don't even know how they had any money to buy anything. Like, yeah. <laughs> Conan was freaking, he's painting, like, wolf pelts and shit. And so they buy a bunch of things. They buy meat, which surprisingly yeah. you see. Lizard on a stick. You see Conan eat a lot of meat in this movie. Oh, he is always eating fucking meat. I'm, you know what? Maybe that supports the green, the, the oak theory. You know, he's tired. His whole life he was eating fucking oats and shit from the mill that he ground up. Now he just eats the meat off the shit that he kills, which makes sense. Well, he, that one thing he doesn't eat, 
later on. Oh, we, we don't know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know. So they're going into town having fun. They meet this creepy guy. I was like, hey, you want to come over here? Black Lotus Stygian. Best quality. Oh, well, that's... Well, yeah, the, the Black Lotus part... The, the reason they, they were interacting with people is they are asking about the, the serpents. We, we but anyway, they meet the, the freaking black market Black Lotus seller. <laughs> and and then, they spend a while tripping out and walking around <laughs> calling women sluts. And then the funniest scene in the whole movie... Fucking Conan literally bashes a camel in the face for looking at it. <laughs> and then, like, draws the attention of everybody around. He's just like, crack. <laughs> the camel goes down, and they're like, you shouldn't have been a thief. You're too big for a thief. <laughs> and so, they end up finding out that the Thulsa Doom has, like, a temple there. Yeah, and, a tower. And so they decide, we're gonna break into this tower, and as they're about to go, they bump into a thief who's doing the exact same thing. Yes. So it's kind of like... Okay, this is awkward. Yeah, they're like, uh, you're no guard. She's like, you're not guards either. What the fuck is going on here? Oh, and the, the thief is uh, Valeria, played by Samuel Bergman. If um, you've ever seen, well, the, what is that movie? Uh, I think she was in... Was she in there? I don't even know what else she was in. She was in Red Sonia also, playing essentially the same character, and, well, that was it. I was thinking mixing her up with the other. Well, anyway. Oh, the yeah, I know what you're talking. About. The the second the destroyer, the girl from destroyer. Yeah, the one who was who was in. What? She was in different strokes, wasn't she? Yeah. Was so anyway, so Sandal Bergman. But she's dead. Anyway. She so was kind of hot. Who's well, kind of cool. So yeah, they so they hot. sneak into this really big fortified temple, and as they go in there, they see well, of course, our favorite. Ben Davidson with his father's sword, surprisingly, yeah. sacrificing a chick. <laughs> yeah, it's like a cult thing. They're having like some seance, and they split up. Uh, Valeria stays on the, the upper floor with all the fucking like, women, women in, in robes. She she eventually steals a robe. That was a cool scene too. There's, she like gets gets all of her. And costume. then so what happens is that they go down and they steal. Well, they kill a giant snake, who's apparently the snake. Pet of Dulce Doom, and then they steal a huge fucking jewel. Yeah, the, 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 it's called the Eye of the Serpent. Yeah, they're pretty much like in the basement. That's where the snake lives, and they find the eye. And then, like, on its way out, Conan sees, like, the, the, the standard, like, on an emblem, like, the jewel. So I think it's, like, jade, like, chess piece or something. And then he just swipes it. Yeah, he just steals it. Kills the snake. And. With, with a bunch of cuts, which is reminiscent to late, which is foreshadowing something later on. And since this movie is, well, over 30 years old, we it's can spoil the shit out of this. So, what happens is from this point, they've stolen a bunch of stuff and they're having fun. And, well, Conan gives Valeria the big fucking ruby and <laughs> essentially. Essentially wins her heart and well, next well, scene is devoted to her banging the crap out of him. Well, yeah, she has a lot of sex with me, and I'm surprised that she would not say... No girl would say no to a guy who gives a fucking rupee the size of... It's the size, literally. It's, it's, a, it's huge, man. It's the size of a large egg. It's, like, bigger than a large egg. It's, like, fucking... It's huge. It's kind of funny, because you see with all the money they have from the stuff they stole, and you just see, like, all, like, Conan's buying clothes, and there's, like, it's this clothes. He's drunk. <laughs> yeah, they, all they do is party. Like, they're successful thieves. They're kind of arrogant, but they're not really doing much. Like, when they're all together on their heyday... Like, before they have a mission, where to go. They're just laughing and yeah, having fun, and they get drunk. Yeah, and paid. as they're chilling out, 
Rogard show up. And Conan, in defense, proceeds to fall into his whatever. I think it's a suit. Smoking suit. <laughs> right into the suit, and then Valeria kind of drunkenly tries to take out her sword when there's a bunch of crossbows aimed at her, and you're like, are you stupid? Everybody gets captured. Yep, and so they're brought before King Osric the Usurper, who's played by Max Van Sadow. And he admit the funny thing is that he first he's yelling at them like, you're thieves, you stole from Thum, and then he applauds them. Yeah, he like loves them for it. He's so happy, because what's happening is the, the Dulce Dune cult, the cult of Set, um, there's fucking being sprung up all over the place. James Earl Jones essentially taking Max von Sydow's people and mind-controlling them into his own little nation. And, Using his hypnotism. Yeah, and you find out that King Osric's daughter herself has fled to Tulsa Doom's cult. And that is why he brought Conan, Valeria, and Sudai for him. It's the fucking... He throws brings out a fucking thing of rubies and is like throwing it at them. He's like, listen, you know, this shit doesn't mean anything to me anymore. Go find my daughter, because that's all I really care about. Bring her back non-hypnotized, and you will be getting <laughs> as much as you can so carry. The kings yourselves. And that's... the funny thing is, he's like, bring as much as you can carry. You look at it, it's like, that's fucking it. It's that little, it's like a freaking coffee cup full of rubies. <laughs> That's as much as I can carry? What? <laughs> I can carry a lot more. Yeah, but bring in um, Albright. Albright, That's it. Bring in Albright. <laughs> and he'll carry all this stuff. <laughs> bring him to the throne room. Yes, and he'll take care of everything. If you listen to our Bear Moon Chasen episode, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> so, either way, so as they leave, Valeria and Subatai like, we should just get the fuck out of the city and not deal with it. But Conan is obsessed with finding Tulsa Doom and ripping yeah, his head off. Because basically, Osric told him where to go. Now his, his fucking vengeance can be, you know. He saw his parents murdered, his entire people wiped out, and he was sold into slavery for the last 25 years. He's a little bit pissed off about that. Yeah, and he wants revenge, so he goes and he leaves them after leaving her big fucking diamonds and I'm sure like kind of leaving her dear John just to here here's more gold that's my dear John yeah he's like baby you love me but uh you know and you're unconscious so I'm not gonna, you're not gonna notice <laughs> I'm gone I'm going to slip out in the middle of the night I'll leave you this ruby so you won't feel so bad in the morning but yeah so he goes out to fucking he goes out for blood man he's, he's going out there by himself he's, yes, he he's going crew, to the there. tower of power <laughs> sorry the mountain of mountain power, power. Like, what the fuck the, yeah, it should have been on, a tower the tower of power but on the way it's weird because he meets like there's like all these hippies and shit like fucking kids you know young people with beards and flowers and oh return to the earth go to Thulsa Doom and if you think back uh, Thulsa Doom sick dogs on Conan's father. He's not like why would these people why would these kids be all like, ooh, those are doom but apparently he's started up his cult has gotten a little bit a little bit nicer for some Yeah, reason. over the years he's mellowed out. Yeah, he's but bullshit. Out. I think bullshit because when he tried killing him in the in the tower, but we don't know. So Yeah, but it's it's weird. So like some shit's gone some shit's happened over the last twenty years that even Conan doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So as he's as he's going down and he's freaking out he goes to the mountain of power and as he's going there he comes across this graveyard which is the point we talk about where Akiro the narrator we talked about before introduces himself saying this is where I met my lord and he bumps into him he's like I am a wizard and you will not he's like, all my flesh and I will summon a more more powerful demon than all in hell 
Yeah. He really doesn't do much with that power. No, he never really uses his powers so much as, like, he is a... Toxic. He seems like a bard. Yeah, almost like a, a spinner of tales, almost. Which would explain why he's telling the story. But he has powers, which he shows over this movie and in the sequel of Conan the Destroyer, which yes. we'll get to in that podcast eventually. And so what happens is that he becomes friends with him, also an F over a bunch of meat, and then Conan asks him where he can get some flowers. And you're like, what the fuck does he want flowers for? And he leaves his sword, leaves his armor, gets some clothes he pulls off of his horse, which makes him look really just kind of like, it looked like he mugged a hippie. Yeah, he definitely mugged a hippie. It smelled like, he had Birkenstocks and fucking smelled like patchouli. And so he goes on a camel, which he doesn't know how to ride. And I think it's the same camel he knocked out before. <laughs> yeah. And so he ends up going to the Mountain of Power where all the hippies have convened. Yeah, all the hippies are chilling there. They're all flower power this. And a couple of them are like huffing fucking burning smoke, you know, incense. More Black Lotus. And yeah, some crazy and shit. And as, as he's walking around, he sits there and he waits a couple days to see what the hell's going on. And as he's waiting there, suddenly a bunch of people come through with the battle standard. Yeah, and they're priests. throwing a bunch of robes out. And people are grabbing them and reaching for them and grabbing them. And they're grabbing these robes, right? Now, what? Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, yeah, he probably grabbed one, then he infiltrated it. No. No. Much cooler. <laughs> Conan, in order to get close, he was such a tactician that he knew he needed some better uh, garb. Yeah. Garments. No, not the standard fucking freebie tossed out into the crowd robe that gets dirty. He needed some priest robes. Um, so what does he do that? <laughs> what does he do? He proceeds to, well, I don't want to say seduce, but <laughs> it's like the priest is a pet, well, the priest is all hitting on Conan, and Conan's like, yeah, hey, what's up? He's and, like, he's like, ooh, your body is so musty. Why are you afraid? And Conan's like, I'm afraid to take off my clothes. Let's go over there and discuss this. And the priest's like, ooh, okay. And then Conan says, is that all you have? Yes, and then he knocks the guy out, and then it fades to black. So we don't know if Conan did... Like, if there's a hole, he need to fill it. <laughs> he, he taught the, pri the priest a lesson. Let's just well, we don't know what happened. Something happened, So you he ended up with his clothes. With this, and this guy is like a third of the size of Conan, so Conan's like rip, ripping out of this. And <laughs> it's like if I was wearing... A kid-sized shirt. Like, it's like a kid-sized SpongeBob shirt. It's like, yeah, it's rippling off, and he has the jade emblem. Oh yeah. He's wrapped around his neck, which I really would think about this. Be like, why am I wearing something I stole for a cult? Not to mention something that's probably priceless in value, <laughs> and that they know is missing. <laughs> that he's flashing around to pretty much everybody. But Conan doesn't think about that. And he ends up, and you see Thulsa Doom, and you see the princess. Yeah, Princess is there. It's kind of hot. The hippies are listening. Thulsa Doom is saying how, you know, oh, who among you is still afraid to die? And like, just like it's essentially stuff. one of those doomsday cults which yeah. is saying the end of the world is coming. If you exactly. do what we say, you'll be fine. Yeah. And as he's preaching, suddenly Rexor and Thorgrim come. They point at Conan, and then he gets the shit kicked out of him, and they take him before Thulsa Doom in his personal, private pleasure. Uh, well, I like how Thulsa Doom comes up. He's like, I would like to talk to you. <laughs> Conan's pretty much lying face down in a fucking puddle of his own bleeding. blood. Yeah, he's bleeding everywhere. Thulsa <laughs> Doom's all polite and cordial. I was just expecting him sitting there with a cup of tea, like. Yeah, he's like, oh. 
and then they start to talk about the real of steel, and Dulce Doom thinks he's got it figured out. Mm. And actually, first he's like, you killed, you killed my pet snake. You stole my property. And that's what makes me mad. It's <laughs> not the fact that you came here impersonating someone. You stole from me. Who and, did steal from me? And Colin's like, you killed my father. You killed my people. And he's and then, like, oh, yes. Must have been my younger days. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. All is forgiven because, you know, it, yeah, was, it was 25 years ago. And I don't like, need yeah. to remember those people. <laughs> it doesn't matter, right? And he says, well, and as you're talking, he brings up the riddle of steel, and he says he figured out the riddle of steel, and his solution is that flesh is more powerful than steel. And he sees a grunt who's on top of a very high ledge, probably 70 feet up. Yeah, at least. And he's like, ooh, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Yeah, come here, what? And she proceeds to kill herself. She just jumps off, fucking smashes through the floor. It's horrible. But that's his power. That's his seduction. He can just... That's what makes him so deadly. Yes, and then he thinks... He talks to Conan some more, and then he says, Contemplate this on the tree of woe. Crucify him. <laughs> and they proceed to snail him to the yeah, tree of woe. Yeah, is Conan on this horrible twisted tree in the middle of a desert, crucified, with vultures surrounding him. Yes, and he proceeds to... And when one of the... the <laughs> The vultures tries screwing with him. Conan's all like, he's just like, I'll bite your fucking neck, and he like, like gnaws on this thing's neck, kills it, and then it's just like, like a day in the life of Conan. I was surprised he wasn't like, I will eat your brains <laughs> and I will absorb your power. Yeah. I will drink your blood, and then I'll be able to fly away from here. <laughs> Of course, he's hallucinating because he's crucified in the desert at this point. No water. Don't know how many how many days have passed now. They said it was like three days or something. Yeah, it was pretty rough. Or something like that. He at least spent one night out there because you see the sun go down and come back up. So he's on there, and then Valeria and Sabutai find him, and they bring him to Akiro after saving him. And he's essentially like... Valeria essentially grabs Akiro and says, I don't care what you have to do. You're a wizard, bring him back to life. And Akira's like, there's gonna be a price to pay it, not like with the witch. <laughs> it's not like you can just throw this bitch in the fire and then, you know, that's No, so it's, not, it's not like I can oh, use my power. It's not, yeah, it's not... The, the, <laughs> plumbing, the plumbing's not working down there. I was just like, yeah, it's not like... <laughs> Imagine if that was the price of Larry had to freaking give him a knob shine or something. He's just like, okay, yeah. Yeah, so instead what happens is that they have to resurrect Conan using this specific magic technique. And the problem is that the, the mound where he's on, because he's on a burial site where the kings and giants were sacrificed, he can bring him back to life. But the problem is that there's a price and Valeria's like, whatever, I'll pay it. Don't yeah. He won't pay it, you won't pay it, I'll pay it. I'll, I'll take whatever the, the price is. And what happens is that as they make the spell, they have to wait a night to bring him back to life. But the problem is the evil spirits of the mound in scratch art will come and attack them. <laughs> and these really crappy scratch art, well, they kind of look kind of cool. It was kind of cool. It was, if you ever seen the wall movie, like, it was that same color pencil uh, animation. On the, the, the actual film. It looked, yeah, it's kind of, it pretty cool. Almost like, a, it's not really rotoscoping because they didn't, like... You know, trace over a human actor. They actually just made the scratch art like they used to make energy, but yeah. it was pretty cool seeing them attack and fight them and ward yeah, them off. Valeria's just like kind of trying to hold Conan down so that sure. they don't take him away. Yeah. And then Valeria, as they're one point, they actually try grabbing him, and as they're grabbing him, Valeria holds him down and she says that even if I die and someone tries to get you, I will save you. I will rise against death and fight. Yeah, she's like, she's saying, she's come straight out of hell to fucking fight by his side. 
Yeah, she would, because she loves him that much. And so Conan is all better, but for the rest of the movie, he's wearing bracers on his arms, probably to cover where they so impaled him. Nails yeah. It will, so <clears throat> now they go back to officially it's now. You know what? Screw. Yeah, we're not gonna get Thulsa Doom right now. We'll just get the king's daughter. Rescue my king ostrich already fronted up like three cupfuls of rubies. And we want more, so they're gonna <laughs> break into the mountain of power and they want to get revenge. So they walk in. And they get all ready in this very crappy camo. I'm, I, honestly, that's the one thing I didn't like. I was like, it's, if they were all painted black, that'd be cool. But they just kind of just it's like black and white. I don't know. Stripes. It's, it's weird. It's, it's not really effective, but it's not really. And especially, it's like in a in, in a party room. So I was surprised they weren't wearing like we're dressed up like you know the guards. <laughs> we're dressed up like this. Like, maybe that's the whole thing. Clan, his cover was blown once in the guard, you know, the priest. So he's like, fuck this, I'm going with body paint. <laughs> just fucking went out there. And way. so they go into the orgy room, and it's not really a good orgy. No, I mean, you know, I mean, there's. And I don't know if he mentioned this yet, but there's a lot of boobies in this movie. There's not as much boobie as I would have liked to have seen in a giant orgy room, especially one that big. It looks like it was like the after effects of the party. They're sleeping in the. Yeah, there was a lot of people passed out. I think, yeah, it must have been that. Gorgrim was the only one who was like kind of sort of pawing and then they have the guy who's making the stew yes. and the stew honestly I don't know what was in it but the fact they only had one head in it and a bunch of hands well I think that if they ordered head stew they were being gypped if they ordered hand stew why is there a head in the hand stew <laughs> guys don't eat the stew well one girl walks up she grabs some of the stew and she bites the hand I'm like right why would you Yes, and then, in, meanwhile, while this is going on, the princess is sitting there, kind of just... Just, like, all drugged out. Next to Thulsa Doom, and Thulsa Doom, his head is kind of moving forward, and he's turning into a snake. Yeah. For no fucking reason, he's just turning into a snake. <laughs> I mean, if he saw, like, Conan, and he was doing it kind of like the attack, that'd be one thing, but he's just kind of like... Yeah, I don't know, it's like, now, he metamorphosized into a snake, and then, like... I still think that could have been done a lot better. Yeah, it doesn't really, it didn't really serve a purpose, either. That's, that's what I mean. But so he he goes and transforms, and then, in a kind of sneaky way, Zabotai and Valeria sneak around, and they do all this covert stuff, and Conan just kind of walking there, hiding behind a curtain, like when are we gonna go kill him? Well, yeah, they're like setting fires and shit, and like getting like, the, tor the the curtains to burn up, and getting everything all ready and synchronized, and he's just like, I will kill them all. Conan's fighting the urge to just go berserker style and kill Thulsa Doom right there. Once the fire starts, then they go berserker style and kill all the guards kill and try all them. Conan pushes a naked bitch at one point, like literally throws. Thulsa Doom ran away. Valeria grabs the princess and runs off. And meanwhile, Thorgrim and Rexor are trying to fight. And Thorgrim is not that smart. <laughs> He's really not that smart because he has his hammer and he goes to attack. Conan, he misses and hits, well, he hits this column, <laughs> and part of it falls down and hits Rexor, and it's like, he's not even like, my body's like, hmm? That wasn't supposed to happen. And then what happens is that they get separated by the column, and they fight out. It's a pretty cool fight sequence. Yeah, very cool. Not the best in the movie, but it's pretty good. Especially yeah, the, for... mu the best music, though. Best music. Yeah, history. yeah, that's my favorite music in this whole, whole Which we're playing right now. Okay, it's good. Yes, it's a pretty cool scene to hear this. And so from there, they go off and they run away. And as they're running away, what happens is that Thulsa Doom grabs this snake. And he's looking at it and he goes, sick. Yeah, and he like straightens it out like a boner. 
and then the snake becomes an arrow, and he puts it in his quiver, and price is paid on Valeria because that snake goes straight into her back. Um, and then she dies. Snake. Yeah, she dies. In Conan's arms, and he's all depressed and sad. He takes her to the mound of the gods, and he burns her. And Akiro says as he's bringing her up to the funeral pyre, he's like, the no fire will ever burn. I told you before, and he did say before that no fire yeah, burns on the pyre. Don't burn up on where those kings and giants are buried. But Conan says, "Fuck you, says, fuck you, bam!" She fucking lights up bigger than anything that's lit up there. And then he proceeds to just well, as he's being depressed, he figures they're gonna come after him. Yeah, so pissed. he goes and sets up the entire mound into this huge freaking just death trap for them. Yeah, it's like a fortune. It's like a gauntlet, basically. And as he's getting ready, he's just musing at the fact that... I remember days like this when my father took me into the forest and we ate wild blueberries. More than 20 years ago, I was just a boy of four or five. The leaves were so dark and green then. The grass smelled sweet with the spring wind. Almost 20 years of pitiless combat. No rest, no sleep like other men. And yet the spring wind blows, Superdai. Have you ever felt such a wind? They blow where I live, too. In the north of every man's heart. It's never too late, Superdai. No. It would only lead me back here another day. In even worse company. Just them bonding before this. Yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of desperate. I'm not desperate, even worse but company. Like, like, you know what? Might as well say things that real friends would say. Because we may not ever see each other again. And, just talk about and Conan even gives him an out. He says, if you want, you can leave. It'll just be me. And Subutai's like, I'd be here anyway. I'm going to end up here and I'd be with less memorable or friendly company. So yeah. he's like, fine, I'll do it. And meanwhile, Arik Akiro walks up with all this stuff. He's like, the gods are pleased. <laughs> and he, he essentially raided all the tombs and grabs a bunch of armor and <laughs> hands it to them. <laughs> They're all decked out in these freaking dead men's armor and shit. It's yes. great. And, he, and they set up all these interesting and cool booby traps, and they have the entire area surrounded with spikes. Ah, it's fortified, man. It's great. So that they have it so the horses will go through and they will be freaking killed. Actually, I think eight horses actually died in this scene. <laughs> the, the Humane Society was not on hand for the making of this film. Of course, but you tell your girlfriend it was, of course. <laughs> so what happens is that they come for revenge. Thulsa Doom, Thorgrim, and Rexor, they lead their veneer army there, and as they're coming, and you see them a distance away, Conan, he decides for the hell of it because he doesn't pray he's like Krom I've never prayed to you before I have no tongue for it no one not even you will remember if we were good men or bad why we fought or why we died no all that matters is that two stood against many that's what's important Lord pleases you, Kram. So grant me one request. Grant me revenge. And if you do not listen, 
Then the hell with you. Yeah, but, but as we said earlier, you don't want to tell Crom go to hell. It's, it's, he's a guy you don't want really to pay attention to you, and this is like saying... Yeah, he's like, hey, Crom, look at me. Give me what I want, or go fuck yourself. <laughs> Surprise, Crom was like, fine, smite him. <laughs> well, Crom may have showed up because there was a lot of death and destruction. Oh, there was a shitload of it. A bunch of people died, killed All with bad. the traps. Those spikes did not work for half the people, though. They just rolled right yeah, on them. <laughs> it's probably good for the stunt actors. I mean, it looked good on the mound, you know? But you can't have your extras fucking literally getting impaled on the, on and, the set. Yeah, and this is the, the scene that you remember this for the spike sequence. Oh, this and then that, the speech. And they're fighting, and it's getting pretty violent. He's on horseback chasing after Conan, and, yeah. and you have... Thorgrim running after him with his hammer, and you have pretty much, they have very synchronized, where all the sections they have, they have different areas set up, where, okay, his axe didn't work against Thorgrim, so I'm gonna run off and I have a different type of axe, and yeah, I have a sword yeah. here, and Sabotai's like, alright, I got arrow shaped here, and I got arrow shaped here, you, I'm gonna scare you with my arrow, and your horse is gonna run away, and it's all planned out in such a way, and at one point, Thorgrim, walking ever so, like, sees a head, a helmet, <laughs> and crap. it's not moving, and he's like, Ooh. He walks past it, and then, like, all of a sudden he gets, like, this shitty grin on his face, like, <laughs> I see you, Conan! He turns, fucking smashes down with his hammer. The camera reveals that it's actually a fucking booby trap. It hits a lever, a fucking rock on a rope falls, which in turn spins a gear, which is connected to an arm, which has a giant wooden fucking spike in it. <laughs> fucking Thorgrim turns around, and he's like, Duh? <laughs> fucking spike goes right through his chest, like literally blows out the back of his fucking back. You know, it's like, and he has just this look of stupid, like, do what happened? It's actually the only speaking part he had in the whole movie was. <laughs> yeah, he was very intelligent. I mean, I would have been like, I would have looked, peeked over first. But actually, that wouldn't be good because if, if you hear the fucking gear cranking, it's like, dude, get the fuck out of there, man. <laughs> And then Conan goes over to check the dead body, and Rexor comes at him with his father's sword, ready to kill Conan. Yeah. And it's only a blinding light. All he had was a fucking shield on him at the time. From the blacks, blocks the fucking sh the hit. But then he gets kicked on the ground. He's rolling around, and he looks like fucking Rexor is going to slash through him, and then out of nowhere. Blinding light appears, and someone, you see just an ethereal person in silver, slashes Rexor's face, and he's like, Rah! and it turns out, guess who showed up? Valerian. Back from hell, as she said. And she smirks, says, do you want to live forever? And then she disappears, and it's like, yep. it's like I would've been like, bitch, where have you been, and why aren't you helping me? I like your outfit now, where did you get that? You don't I, have a boyfriend in the afterlife, do you? He's like, can't you stay for, for one last <laughs> nooner? I, I really miss you, baby, come back to my bed, I got my bare skin out. <laughs> Yeah, but so he goes in there, and suddenly, for some reason, Rexor's all weak and sad, and he just gets his ass kicked. Yeah, Conan comes back with the sword, fucking slashes Rexor in the neck, fucking goes to block one last time, and cuts his father's sword with his king's sword in half. And it's kind of cool, because the whole time, every time they fought, Rexor has pwned freaking Conan. Just It must have been that she... I mean, if it had her his eye blind, like she cut his eye out, that would have been cool. And shown it, but just suddenly he just gets weak. Yeah, it was just like, de like dazed. And like, it really took the fucking fight out of him. 
Yeah, and so he gets killed, and as he gets beaten, you see Conan, just like he did in the beginning in the gladiatorial pits, holds up the two swords. The sword that he has won, which is his father's sword, cut in half, and he holds up his Atlantean sword and kind of goes to the invisible crowd. Yeah, like, he, he pretty much fucking, like, Krom himself is watching. I think that's what it was. It was just fucking paying homage to Krom, like, thank yes. you for answering my prayers. Yep, and meanwhile, Sabotai and Akiro, surprisingly, fight some of the guys, and Akiro, even though he was wearing really freaking big armor that was heavier than him, and at one point he falls over, he's like a turtle on his back, <laughs> like, I can't get help me. Well, they end up beating Thulsa Doom, and Thulsa Doom, seeing that he's losing, decides... You know what? Um, this princess who I stole isn't worth it, so I'm gonna kill her too. So he gets a snake ready to go. I don't know why. Where the hell does he get the snake from? For dude, um, he's got like snakes crawling around in his pockets. I think he's got to, or it or something else. <laughs> so he uses it and he shoots the snake at the princess. And Subutai flips his shield up, catches the freaking snake right by his arm. Doesn't bite him though. And then Akira's like, "Get that shit away from this." Yeah, and at this point, because of what happened, the princess is woken up. She's no longer she's not, hypnotized. Yeah, she's no, Thulsa Doom's gaze hasn't, doesn't work on her anymore. So she basically rats him out. Mm. The next scene is Conan, led by the princess, going through these back tunnels up through the Mountain of Power to fucking... Thulsa Doom Thulsa giving Doom his himself. big speech. And this, in this scene, it's like, you know, this is the seen that a lot of people if you watch the TV version it's edited severely I was gonna say there's no way you can fucking show that shit on TV just say um, probably one of my favorite top ten of all time movie scenes uh, this next segment right here yes and this is a truly barbaric <coughs> scene that it's been well he's a he's a barbarian so it kind of shows it well basically let's what's the setup Conan he goes out he's looking he's he's, Dulce, he's at Dulce Doom's back in front of Thulsa Doom are a thousand followers, like torches, because it's at night. And Thulsa Doom's giving the speech, like, you know, he realizes that fucking, like, Conan's pissed him off. His two generals are dead. His pet snake is dead. His fucking princess girlfriend, which is his right to Osric's throne, is gone. So now he's like, you know what? Doomsday's here. We're rising up. This is it. Fucking Conan just struts out like he owns the place. And fucking, uh,. You know, Thulsa Doom's like, whoa, 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 whoa. He turns around, he tries hypnotizing him mm -hmm. with, the, with the, what is it, the, the, his, his eyes of set or whatever. Yeah, he has, like, blue eyes. And he, and he tries telling him, he says, My child, you have come to me, my son. For who now is your father if it is not me? Who gave you the will to live? I am the wellspring from which you flow. When I am gone, you will have never been. What will your world be without me? My son. And immediately we thought, immediately we were like, You are my son. We can rule Hyperia as My father son. and son. <laughs> yes, but instead, Conan listens to this, and he, he does have a point, because without this, he would never have gotten the training, would never have wasted 20 years of his life, but... Yeah, he never would have become a king, essentially. 
And, so, and this, and the one thing that is interesting, which you brought up, is that from this point on, I mean, for the last ten minutes, there's been no dialogue. Yeah. And the rest of the movie, really there's silent. no dialogue. I mean, with Conan, because he doesn't speak. He just has this look of. At first, he has a because he's being hypnotized. <laughs> if you look on our website, we actually have the picture up. It's hilarious. As he's being hypnotized, Thalsa Dooms trying to say like, "You, you should stay, be my right hand in this." And Conan lifts his head up, eyes clear, and snaps out of it. Just uses father's sword and cleaves off Thalsa Dooms' head. And not one strike, not like in the movies, like he did with his mother, where Thalsa Dooms cut her head off in one swipe. Yeah, no, no, no. He cuts into the throat. Like, you see fucking huge blood spray, like, like his fucking arteries and part of his rib cage and the whole shit got hacked. And he's sitting there like, oh. Conan comes around, grabs his hair, lifts it up, takes the sword and fucking cleaves again and then cuts the head off. He just like hacks it yeah, off. Yeah, three cuts and everyone's just watching like, and, everyone's like <gasps> and no one tries to be like, we should stop him. No, they're just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> And then Nothing. he proceeds to just take the head, lifts it up like he did with the sword before. So he drops his father's sword, and he throws the head in a hollow coconut sound. Just a rolls down the fucking stone steps towards the people, like all these followers. And like you saw Iron Man too, right? Yeah. Remember the whole the whole thing with the uh, you know Mickey Rourke's character said uh, make a god bleed stop believing in him. Yep. That's basically what happened here. Yes, and all the quote-unquote orphans of doom just pretty much are like, okay, boss is dead, now what? And they just start throwing their... Yeah, they extinguish their torches in the fucking... And they're leaving, and, and meanwhile, Conan's kind of like sitting there like, just dazed at what he's doing, just sitting there for a while. I mean, if it was me, I'd be like, okay, Doom's dead, <laughs> big castle, got a bunch of followers, you know, <laughs> got a bunch, you know, yeah. got an orgy room. I have my own orgy room now. You know, I, I'd live in the freaking place. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be some sweet digs, man. It's in a fucking mountain. Yeah, no one's gonna get you. No one's gonna bother you. You know, <laughs> it's like, this is my captured warlord palace, man. To quote Dave and Joel. And, you know, just kind of like, what the fuck, man? I would keep it. No. Conan goes down. Grabs a cistern. Fucking... Chucks it and lights something on fire. <laughs> it only smashes against the stone. You don't really see what it is. But it's got... It's all stone. But it catches fire anyway. Well, he has one of the the banners catches on fire, All but right. the rest of it, Apparently. I'm gonna assume it's the it's just the hair gel and the straightener. <laughs> it's, it's fucking the hairspray residuals off of Thulsa Doom's roll, you know the head rolled down the stairs, so fucking all lit up. Like so that. as you can guess, the entire place will burst into flames. It's on fire, and Conan walks away, and the princess surprisingly bows down before Conan, and he just kind of grabs her arm and. They walk into the sunset, and then it shows, well... It shows a teaser for the next movie, really. Which it's is just... Conan, bearded, on a throne, fucking in this crazy pose that I love. Yeah. He just has fucking... Pretty much like the the, king, the skeletal king on the throne. Yes, and... You know, he's like contemplating, his sword is resting, you know, hilt up with his hand on it. Yeah, and, and the last line, which was actually written by Mako, which... He speaks it as, in time, he becomes a king in, by his own hand, and this story shall also be told. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah, that's it. I know we spoiled the entire movie, we just gave an entire freaking plot summary, but 
This movie's awesome, and you have to watch it. I mean, as you can guess, yeah. my rating for this movie is really, really, really fucking cool. If you don't watch this now, your eyes will swell up, your brain will freeze, and your soul will be forfeit to the ninth circle of hell, where you'll be forced to watch episode one for eternity while hearing Jar Jar in the background saying, Five fucking stars, bitches. Get over it. We have to give it this, because this movie is an awesome movie. This, some yeah. people say this is the weaker of the two films. Fuck no, dude. Those people are fucking assholes and deserve to be fucking have their heads hacked off in front of their family and fed dogs. As far as I'm concerned, fuck that. This movie. Is no, we awesome. don't want any. No, we don't want any of our fans to actually do that. You don't actually have to cut your friends' heads off in front of their families and feed the remains to wild dogs. That's not what I'm insinuating. Yes, if you make an effigy of your friend and you proceed <laughs> to cut its head off in front of an effigy of his parents, then. Yes. Or if you make a stop-action f- uh, movie of, you know, you doing that, you know, with little G.I. Joe characters or whatever. Send it to us send at sparkin yes. at gmail.com. Or send us a voicemail of you disagreeing <laughs> with us at 206 Destroyer is better than fuck, uh, Barbarian, then you better put up and shut up. Call the fucking toll-free number. Tell us why. And if it's not fucking inane dribble, which I automatically think it is anyway, because, you know... Well, some that, people could have valid points, because there are some true. valid... I, some that's out, true. I'm it does have, close-minded. It does have Wilt. Wilt Stilt, baby. He was fucking laid in shade in, this, in that movie. But anyway, we digress. Yes, and... Enough about that. Yes, so this movie is a great movie to show your friends. Great movie to show everybody. And as I explained in the beginning earlier, this episode is kind of different, because we actually have two different perspectives on it, because unfortunately... Cal decided he had to work today, and this is the fourth time we tried setting up for this episode. Cal, what the fuck, dude? It's true. He's, I mean, the fact is he's actually looking to quit his job, and I'm just like, why are you even, you should just bang out early, come hang out, but he didn't watch the movie either. He said he was going to watch it, he hasn't watched it yet. I'm so looking forward to seeing Cal's reaction, that's all. Yeah, so. Because this movie is so fucking good, like. I literally watched it twice today before... And I, I watched it twice. And... We watched it again, sort of in yeah. random order. <laughs> I know, we were just, like, doing a best of scenes, you know, and we were loving it, because, you know, this movie's that great. Like, it literally... Like, it actually spawned... When I was a kid, after I watched this movie, like, it got me into the whole adventure... Like, this movie's the reason I'm into RPGs, because Conan collected people... The crew that he yeah went this with. was an uh, this is like an RPG a stereotypical like, hero adventure and it yeah. was done well and he was a hero he was besides being a gladiator a barbarian a thief a murderer an avenger he was all he these was things. a fucking lover and a fucking kick ass fucking tacticianer too yeah it was but like it got it, it spawned like it opened me up into this whole different world of like sorcerers and like you know adventure like I would draw like Conan comics. With, you know, with, like, other, like, adventures that I made up, and, like, no. there was one I had that was, like, him, like, they were underwater, like, fighting this giant octopus thing, and, like... No, I still remember like that stuff. picture you made, which had the Conan-esque figures versus the futuristic guys with uh, super samurai-esque future blades <laughs> at war with each other, and you had the guys with arrows on one side... Oh, for, just for point of reference, I have known Deke since 1988? It's 88 or 89. 88, I think. Because 89 was 4th. And 3rd, we knew each other. So. No, I think 4th is, is when we met each other. Miss McC- 
first class. I remember that. Yes. We were avid. So we were, eighty. We were so eighty nine. So like, eighty nine. Yes. Our own worlds were like we had our own little fantasy worlds going on. Yes, and we and we and we kind of merged. And what happened was <laughs> the infamous JT introduced us because I had JT. I know that I bash him on. We bash him, but he's actually the my oldest friend. I oldest friend chronologically because I've known him since nineteen eighty five. That's yeah. It's kind of sad. Well, also the mysterious. I bleep it every time I say it because he doesn't want—he doesn't have a name yet. He who shall remain. <laughs> beep beep. <laughs> but either way, so what happened is that JT, we met. I knew him. End up in fourth grade. We meet, and this interesting, just insanity starts. It's a, it's a lifelong collaboration. Yes, and then from then, I met Cal. I introduced Cal to you and JT, and then. Things just and and also Corrado, and then things just went crazy in our insanity. Insanity is basically like the center of all of our universes. Like we have a there's a large group of friends. Friends know friends, and there's other groups of friends that we don't hang out with. But essentially, at its core, we are we're the crew. You know? Yes, and we have been friends for years. Zan is like the sun, and he has all these friends, which are the planets. And and the thing is, now, a lot of you guys, now, to get off topic and be a little serious for a second, a lot of you guys who are listening, you might not have that many friends. You may have one friend who's cool with you, two friends who are cool with you. Uh, if you only have one friend, you got two friends, because remember, I love you and I'm your friend. But the thing, my point is that, if you have at least one person that you're cool with, they're worth more than the 50 people that the popular kid has circling around. Because 10 years from now popular kid when you when you're out of school or college or whatever or wherever you're at in life if you're a high school kid or even a younger kid these popular kids 10 years from now they're not going to have anybody uh the popular jock may become fat and drunk and no no he definitely will he'll eventually beat his girlfriend wife or slash baby's mama or all three if he's got them but he's a fucking loser or it could be like the one guy we know who he was the jock and the popular kid who ended up coming out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> Who had more shoes than my girlfriend at the time. Yes, but, or if you're a girl, you know, the rich girl, she's gonna end up fatter, have a big ass, have a bunch of kids, because she's not gonna think about it, and the thing is that it gets better. It does get better. Life gets better, and the thing is, as long as you have your friends and you stay in touch with them, I mean, you may grow apart a little, but you stay in touch, that's the main thing, because... The exactly. guys who are on this show, for the most part, with the exception of Belchain, who I've only known for four years, everyone else I've known for long periods of time. And the fact is that, well, and Fightbait, of course, I've only known him for three years. But my point is that you stare at these people, they're in your lives, and they become a part of you, and that's something which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's like, like we, like us. All right, from the very beginning, we pretty much let it all hang out. You, you weren't a jock, were you? Nope. And neither was I. Um, at the time we met, you were planning on. <laughs> Yes, and you your... and you were planning on a certain person who talks of with an X, if I remember correctly. <laughs> I was also into drawing robot suits, and that, yes, that and, was my and, major and then and the then time. the infamous JT. Well, he wanted to do a collaboration of the both to make some sort of hybrid robot, uh, robot war. Which I actually should put some of those comics. Like if if we get enough response, I will. Give you the masterworks from back then, and I will load we'll them off. Scan all. them, and you guys can take a look at what we were into. I should set because it up. You were actually part of our Robot War comic as a villain, I might add. Oh, that was his idea. You were a villain. Well, uh, JT's idea. <laughs> yes, yeah, it was, it was JT's idea. But if, you know, whatever. Fine. Either way, we the, were in it. Yes, the reason why that happened is uh, is a tale for another day. <laughs> yes. 
we're getting into like our whole backstory. Yes, the, that Jesus. will be a supplemental. Is a backstory of how everyone is connected in one point or another without answering any real questions. Because that one person asked, "How do you know each other?" and we kind of gave some answers, but bleeped most of it out. Yeah, it's just, I'm sure a lot of this will be edited out for you know posterity's sake. You know, just so oh. so nobody knows a little too much. You gotta have a little bit of mystery here. Or yeah, we'll keep this for something else. But or whatever. But fucking. But either way, basically, so. what was I saying? Oh, popularity doesn't mean shit. We were we let it all hang out from the beginning. Fucking twenty some odd years later, look where we are. We're talking to people yep. on the inter- on interwebs and fucking yep. and, you know, talking about shit we love. Yes, and you guys love Spark, and so you guys have been on here and you've been wanting to hear more from us, of course, with these episodes. But So now, I'm going to do this twice, of course, but I want to get the reaction from both of you guys, because we'll figure it out that maybe, because episode 10, since it is our 10th episode, that is a set movie, but since next episode is episode 9, of course... We got what it. episode is this? This is, eight? Yeah, this is eight. number eight. That's right. okay. So what happens is I, I figured I was going to do this one of two ways. Either the okay. first way is that, for those of you, you're waiting for that part we've all been waiting for. You know what I'm saying. I'm talking about that one. That only. The dodecahedron of movies. Yes. The dodecahedron of movies. Yes, you're waiting for that. And I could have both of us do it in both different things, but I'm going to get a reaction from both of you guys because... I can either have it where you both roll, and then what happens is that, well, if you both get two different ones, well, then we may have to do both films in one shot, which would be kind of cool, but with Cal's interesting schedule, it'll be kind of... Actually, I think that's what we'll do. Next episode, we'll review two movies, so it'll be a two-hour-long episode. That's what we're going to do. Special edition, episode nine? Episode nine of the insanely long episode. Then episode ten will be our first really big collaborative because episode 10 I got a surprise it's a very old retro movie but am I involved in this project somehow? yes you are okay excellent we've talked about this excellent it's a movie with involving well part of the Rat Pack no part of the Rat Pack and part of well it's got the Rat Pack in it and Baz is going to be a part of it you're going to be a part of this Bellchance is going to be a part of it I'm liking what I'm hearing already also, Are you all going to be in the same room at the same time? Yes. So Ooh. you guys aren't going to hear shit. It's going to be the worst sound quality ever. <laughs> it's going to be people talking over each other left and right. Exactly. And this movie is an excellent movie. We're going to get into that in episode 10 because episode 9 we're going to leave as a well, interesting little thing. But so, without further ado, let me have you roll the dodecahedron. Well, first I should explain what the dodecahedron is. Now, yes, what is, what is that dodecahedron? Well, for those who don't know, a dodecahedron is a 12-sided object. Yes. Specifically, a dice. A die, yes. For those Heathers who are listening who don't know what a dice is, well, go to the casino, see those the twelve side, the six-sided things? Well, imagine that times two. That shape is what this is. It's got twelve sides on it. And like in the Spock and Mong view, the Wheel of Manga! Well, unlike that, what we've done is we've assigned a certain amount of movies to the dodecahedron, but we've only signed nine. Now you're thinking, wait, he said there's... But there's twelve sides to that dice. Yes! There's a reason why, because the other three sides. Yes. It's going to be like this. One of them is going to be a roll again. Okay. If you get another one, it's going to be co-host's choice. Okay. Which will be your choice. Ooh. And then, if it's the other one, it is host's choice, which is yours truly. Zan. 
Yes, so we should see what we're going to be reviewing. And this is going to be interesting because if you notice, each one has had a little theme because we're trying to cover all types of movies, not just it. Because in our first episode, we covered Fifth Element, a sci-fi Frenchie movie. In our second episode, we covered Weekend at Bernie's, a black comedy from the 80s. Don't forget about the now famous supplemental episode, Six Demon Bags, starring yours truly. Well, we covered that in the Spark and Mong review, but episode three was your episode, of course. Oh, yeah. The but- Yes, Baron. And then episode four, the Bill and Ted's episode with Bell. Episode five, which we covered, well, a very interesting Spanish movie, which is El Mariachi. Episode six. Did you do the El Mariachi? No, not El Mariachi. Desperado with Cal. Then episode six, which was the episode with Corrado and, well, you will hate me for this. I don't think you know the episode, but Corrado and Cal in a movie involving... Sunglasses? Yes. Are you serious? But we gave you the other two. We're giving you the other two. Dude. I tried calling you for it, man. It's already... It's in the bag. It's done, right? It's... It's me sad. Officially, it's in the bag. I'll edit some stuff in. Don't worry. It's me sad. Dude, we're, we're doing it again. We'll do it again. Tore my heart up pieces! We got, we got an audio of Jim farting. All right. Well, no, we'll, we'll re-record it. We'll re-record it. All right. Well, just insert me. No, we're gonna we're gonna re-record. Gotta be in no, somehow. dude, we're gonna re-record. Okay. Right. In episode episode six, if you remember, which was the awesome and great, well, <laughs> there's something new going down. Okay. And then episode seven, which well, which was our last episode where I reviewed Valentine's Day with Belle. And yes, I know you heard my feelings about it. It wasn't a bad movie, especially hearing, well. Queen Latifah whip a guy and say, I will whip you! <laughs> okay. But I made me hate Jessica Alba and then in this episode, so each one has a different theme on it. We've noticed, you know, we've had some. Right. The love movie, the girlfriend date movie, the fucking time travel movie. The, and the eccentric, one of two eccentric movies that are based on books and also, well, like it's the commercialist zombie movie. And, well, they live. And so, this is another theme, and this is going to be one which is interesting to all of my fans of the manga review, because, for those of you who don't know, manga is a Japanese word meaning comic, and my show is mainly any type of comic possible, I focus on Japanese manga. And so, this is going to be a theatrical anime episode. Yes, I finally come around full circle. You've been waiting for fucking how long for me to come around? Months? Years? Two years, maybe? Because you said, oh, he's releasing a new series. It'll be the Sparkin' Anime Review. Wrong. It was a Sparkin' Movie Review, but these are... It's going to be a special episode of the Sparkin' Anime Review. Anime Movie Review. So, we'll have you roll first, and it'll be kind of cool. There are some interesting movies, and some very, well, perplexing films. Yes. I helped make this list. <laughs> yes. Now I get to roll on this list. So we'll see. All right, here we go. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Oh, let me roll again. Roll again. Now oh, we'll yeah. move. Okay. I'll move this ancient space. candy that this candy that Cal bought from it England. This is fifty-five oh, pounds, pence, <laughs> pence or whatever. That's like six dollars. I don't know. Actually, it's worthless. Number two, <laughs> paprika. Ooh, it is going to be one of those interesting, introspective, weird films. It's actually a pretty cool movie, very artistic and pretty cool. And since we are doing, well, three, since we're going to do three movies, essentially, I can't not roll. Because if you two get a choice, I get a fucking choice. (laughs) Okay. So let me see what we're going to do. Come on, co-host choice. (laughs) If it's co-host choice, that's going to be really awkward. (laughs) Like, right. All right. 
Ooh, it is co-host No, it's roll again. Uh, Ten is co-host choice. Okay, okay. All right. Let's see what we got here. Come on. Number 11. And it's number... 12. Which is ironically my choice. <laughs> oh, God. You get to choose anyway. I get to choose either way. And, well, to be honest with you, I got so many good ones. I mean, there's so many good movies we got here. I mean... I like the number one, to be honest with you. I know, but that one I don't have yet. I don't want to have to go buy it. I know Do I they should. Have Redbox on that? Or no, Redbox. I, I could. I think that they may have it, but huh, I know. I'm gonna go with well, an oldie but goldie, something which so many people have seen. I guess. I guess everyone will have to tune in next review. And so now here I'm going to be inserting Cal's. Well, here's Cal with what he's going to be reading. So, as you can guess from the static noise, this is a different recording from the original one. Well, because of the fact that Cal could not be here with us when we reviewed Conan, and since he's never seen it before, we had to get his perspective on it. So, here's Cal. Hey, Cal, how you doing? Hello. Good to be back. It's been been a while since we've recorded an episode. Eh, how not, long has it been? Eh, a week, two weeks. Oh, okay. Eh, not that long, I guess. Seems like longer. Long. Yeah, but of course this is a movie review, so... Now, here's the big question, since this is... The Conan episode. What did you think about Conan the Barbarian? Okay, so I liked it. I definitely did like it. I was entertained. I do think that the movie went maybe a little bit too long. Kind of long-winded at certain parts. There was some definitely some pretty strange things that were going on. What, like him having sex with the witch? <laughs> yeah, that was very freaky. And it was very awkward to watch that scene on the train where you have people next to you. I was watching this movie on a train on my commute to work on my iPhone, and, yeah, people could clearly see what I was watching. Hey, he was getting it on. Yeah. Now, here's the question I asked Deke, and I'll ask you, did he finish? I think he finished. Conan would never not finish. I actually think he's shooting blanks. I really do. Otherwise, there'd be hundreds of little Conans running around. <laughs> Maybe there are. They never say that there is or there isn't. Maybe that's the sequel, the one that's coming out in the next it year might or two. Be, but that was funny. Just calling him, calling him, And so, besides that, what do you think about James Earl Jones in the perm of power? <laughs> he's always good in everything he does, even in a role as crazy as this. Crucify him. I liked, um, probably the weirdest scene for me was when Conan was kind of on the brink of death and those spirits came to collect him. Oh, and they the kept... high, cool, very trippy scene yeah. with the mystical wizard. That was very odd, but still kind of cool. And I liked how the girl came back for him at the end after she was dead. Because she did say to him, I'd come back from death if you were fighting for your life. And she yes. wasn't lying, she did. And that was pretty badass. Do you want to live forever? And cut that guy with the mullet of justice. <laughs> It was cool when he killed the giant snake. That was cool. And foreshadowed. Yeah, well, yeah. I thought, you know, the end scene where he confronts James Earl Jones, that was... It felt anticlimactic to me. They didn't really even have a fight or, or anything. I mean, I guess he's not the kind of character that Conan's going to have a big fight with, but... Well, the thing was, if you think about it through the entire movie... It's like that, that snake... What's his name? Oh, Thulsa Doom. Thulsa Doom. He seemed to just kind of accept it. You know, he tried to talk Conan out of it, but I don't I mean, that wasn't going to happen. But if you look at it this way, throughout the movie, Conan's been a bunch of things. He's been a slave. He's been a scholar. He's been a warrior. He's been a thief. Yeah. He's been a bandit. But you've never seen him as a barbarian. In that scene, he was barbarian. Not thinking, not doing. I mean, how more barbaric? Well, he st could he, he be? stood there and listened to his uh to, to his was, you know he his was spiel. hypnotized. <laughs> I don't know. And, then he it, freaking, that, and that's a sick way to die. 
The um the way the girl died was pretty crazy. He makes an arrow out of a little snake. That was sick. That was pretty weird. But it was th- that leading up to that where they were escaping from that whole fight scene where they stormed his uh his area and they like thing on fire and she kills like twenty guys uh, by the herself. Scene. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I'm I'm actually looking forward to watching the sequel. I, even though I've heard that it's not that great, but no, you the know. movie is a really good movie. There's some good things in it, especially the camel punch. Yeah. I, I knew that was coming, though, so I didn't have a, a react. I mean, I didn't know when, but I knew sooner or later it was coming, so I wasn't surprised when I saw that, but uh, it was still kind of a nope. weird, pretty funny scene. I, like, who does that? <laughs> but there's also a lot of sexual undertone of the gay variety in this movie. Yeah, yeah, there was. That one guy, he's like, I'm afraid. <laughs> you know, there's just, you don't see a lot of these... I guess hard R movies, hard action movies. These days, all everybody wants to do PG-13 movies, which was kind of a letdown with the new Die Hard movie. As awesome as I thought that movie was, Die Hard has to be rated R. And I hope that if they continue, they're going to make a new Conan, right? Uh, yeah, Terminator was the same way. It was a PG yeah, Terminator, that's another one. That's I couldn't think of it, but yeah. Predators are rated is R. That's good. Predators is going to be R. The new Aliens that they said they might be making is going to be an R. That's uh, Robert Rodriguez is going to make a good... He's not doing a kid movie, he's doing a horrible R movie with lots of violence and blood. Yeah. Mm, so, so I, did they confirm a new alien movie? Uh, it's uh, in the works. They said if this one does good, he might do aliens as well. Okay, because I, I really liked the first Alien vs. Predator. I thought the second Alien vs. Predator but we was, have, well, was we shit. Get, well, we have to get into that into, in the Alien vs. Predator episode. Oh, fine. Of course. Then just edit course. this out. No, don't worry about it. Leaving it. But now, here's the question, Cal. What would you give? Conan the Barbarian with its weird music and its barbaric attitude and it's like Kram if you do not help me to hell with you <laughs> I'd give it oh man I'm really between a 4 and a 5 well I know we don't have a 4.5 nah 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 we're not doing by numbers but you re- you don't want to give it the really 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 fucking cool even though it's got sex and violence and the fact that Max von Sydow is a corrupt king who says, Here, I don't need this, and it's a freaking oh, bunch of rubies. Yeah, you're right, you're right. You gotta give it a five. It's one of those you have to see. Yes, it's, you have to. It's you have to see it. Definitely worth it. Yeah. So now, well, any final words on Conan? Or favorite quotes or moments? Well, I already mentioned killing the snake. Uh, that was really cool. Oh, um, the way he killed Conan's mother was pretty brutal. Oh, the hypnotizing? Yeah, just... And cinematically, it was done in an interesting way, I thought. Yeah, because he's just standing there. And just... Yeah, yeah, all of a sudden he chops, and then you see the kid's reaction to the the head falling down. That was pretty cool, pretty emotional. I liked it. I liked it. I, as final thoughts, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm bad at picking out a, uh, a quote or something. I can't think of something off the top of my head, but... All right, cool. Yeah. So this is the part we've all been waiting for because, of course, as certain aspects and certain oddities and insanities, I had a brilliant idea for episode nine, which is very unusual for the Sparkin movie review. Okay. Okay. So far, for the last eight episodes, how many movies were reviewed per episode? One. So in the next episode of the Sparkin movie review, our anime-themed episode, because every episode has had a different theme to it. So for this episode, we're going to be reviewing not one, not two, not all of us, but Three, three movies? Three different three different animes. And each one of us, me, you, and Deke, will be doing it for that episode. So do we each review well, one movie, or we all watch three of them and review all three of them together? Well, it's better if we do all, all three, but so far it's going to be each one of us going to be watching one movie and we're going to talk about it. Okay. But if you have a chance, watch the other ones, and that way we can get it all working and cool. So now, of course... I have to roll. Yes. 
So, Cal, are you ready to roll? See what you're going to get. Yeah. All right. Good to go. So, roll the dodecahedron of movies. Let's see what you're going to get. All right. Number four. Tokyo Godfathers? Yes. Okay. In another so Toshi Khan movie. It's a shame that I didn't get... I didn't pick Perfect Blue, or else we would have had the trifecta, but, hey, it works. It okay. works. I've never heard of it, so... It's an interesting and kind of weird character study. Hmm. It's kind of slow, but it, it's it's pretty good. So, guess that's it. I'm yeah. actually looking forward to this episode coming out so I could hear you and Deke talking about Conan. <laughs> I'm sorry I missed it. Fuck. Ah, don't worry about it. It'll be up by the end of the week. Alright. And everything will be finally back in order and set up because I'm just waiting on one thing, even though that Deke wants us to re-record. Because we record this way in advance, so if yeah. there's things which make no sense, it's not my fault. It's just I release it way in advance. Yeah. I'll re-record it. It's alright. We just need to get to cool Corrado, and we're good. Yeah. So, back... So, anyway... All right. Back to this. So, all right, cool. Right over back to Zan. All right, I think that's everything we can do in this episode. I mean, we've covered everything. What do you think, Deke? Did we get everything? We've had, we pretty much just gave a plot summary of Conan, and then started talking about our past, and, which was fun enough. And then, and then inserting... With, and with cows reaction which is another hour and so it's this is currently the longest episode we've ever had hey high fives all around i'm gonna uh, virtually high five cal yes and so i guess that's it for this episode holy shit this is another long episode but hey next episode is gonna be equally fun think how long that's gonna be because all of us in the same room all of us in the same room oh my god and then the other one's gonna be all of us in the so this should be pretty cool so without further ado Alright, so this has been Deke, and my favorite quote of the movie is... Warrior! What are the flowers for? For oh, girl! <laughs> and this is your host, Zan, and my favorite quote from this movie is... A pittance to protect you from evil. I am evil. <laughs> you slut. He's dead already. This is the Spire Can Movie Review, and we are Gonsville. Hope you've enjoyed this episode, and get ready for episode 9, our big anime extravaganza. He's dead Be safe, and in the meantime, keep listening, and keep interacting and responding. And remember, this is a, that will be a story for another day.
contemplate this on the tree of woe. Crucify him.